Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you to search the Scriptures again with us as we continue to investigate Jesus' favorite topic, the Kingdom of God. We've been pointing out that the basic message of salvation as announced by Jesus Christ has to do with what he called the Kingdom of God. Of this there can be absolutely no doubt. All scholars agree and even a child reading a Bible would see that Jesus was indeed the announcer and bearer of the gospel or good news about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God was the driving force behind his ministry from the beginning of the ministry in Galilee right up until the time of his death. Now, there are so many texts to prove this that we will only be able to read a few of them, but here are the basic ones. In Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming God's gospel, as to say a gospel or good news coming from God his Father. And Jesus said, The time has come, and the kingdom of God is approaching. Repent and believe that good news or gospel about the kingdom. Mark chapter 1, 14 and 15. Now, that very same message about the kingdom of God, or gospel of the kingdom of God, continued to be preached after the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. And so we find in the book of Acts, Acts 8.12, a situation where an evangelist was putting the gospel to some potential converts. And we read this, When they believed Philip, as he proclaimed to them, the gospel about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, both men and women. And so it's obvious from that basic and foundational text that it was when people received the gospel about the kingdom of God and the things concerning the name of Jesus Christ, they were ready to be inducted into the church through water baptism and the reception of the Spirit. Now that gospel of the kingdom, you see, is the same phrase exactly as was found in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, or in Luke, verse 43, where Jesus was preaching that very same gospel of the kingdom of God. In fact, you'll find in Luke chapter 9, verse 11, that Jesus typically welcomed the people and began speaking to them about the kingdom of God. And right at the end of the book of Acts, Paul followed exactly this example in Acts 28, Verses 30 and 31, the very last verses of the book of Acts, we find that Paul was welcoming all who came to his house and he was preaching them the kingdom of God and the things concerning Jesus for two years. And so there really can be no doubt about the fact that the kingdom of God message is the fundamental element of the gospel from the beginning of the ministry of Jesus right until the end of the book of Acts. We find in Acts 28, verse 23, by the way, just before that passage I was reading a few moments ago, that Paul, and I quote, Paul put his case to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to persuade them about Jesus, arguing from the law of Moses and the prophets. And this went on from early morning until evening, and some were convinced by what he said, while the rest were skeptical. You will find that very interesting verse in Acts chapter 28, verse 23. Now, it seems to us that in every system of knowledge, there has to be a fundamental idea to be grasped, a core concept 
around which all other data must be organized. Now, this central dominating idea will determine the character of the subject as a whole and give meaning to every part of it. The core concept, the basic thesis, if you like, becomes the criterion by which all subsidiary ideas are evaluated. Now, that is simply a somewhat complex way, perhaps, of saying that when people teach, they teach a basic idea, and everything else revolves around that idea. The Christian faith comes to us in the Bible as a body of information challenging us to response and action. Now, the source of that information, according to the Bible, is ultimately God himself transmitting his message through prophets and teachers and supremely in his principal representative, Jesus the Christ or the Messiah. And so we read in the opening verses of the book of Hebrews, for example, that God in the past spoke in many different ways and at many different times uh, to the people through the prophets, but in these last days, or maybe the translation ought better to be rendered at the end of that previous period of preaching, God now speaks to us in a son whom is appointed heir of all things. And so God at one time then spoke through prophets and by other means of revelation in the Old Testament scriptures, the Hebrew Bible. But as from the birth of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus, he began to speak in a brand new way through one who was actually his son. But you see, the important fact there to notice is that Jesus is the one who speaks salvation. He's the one who authorizes salvation. He's the one indeed who brings the message from God, what he called the gospel about the kingdom. What then is the central core concept of the teaching of Jesus? What forms the heart of his message? What one single idea underlies all his preaching and teaching? What primary idea must we grasp and believe in order to follow Jesus? That seems to me the most fundamental question we can ask. Now, to answer this question, we can take a Bible in any translation. It wouldn't matter what version we use, provided we have an earnest desire to find out what Jesus taught. Now, the importance of Christianity's key idea its master thesis, if you like, so impressed the writers of the New Testament that they emphasized it over and over again. Now, perhaps you will allow us to make the observation that, in some extraordinary way, this fundamental concept, which Jesus preached about always, seems to have been lost in 20th century preaching. It seems to us to be a fact that Jesus' master idea is very seldom, if ever, presented, at least with clarity, to the public in the late 20th century. Equally amazing is the fact that leaders of organized Christianity admit that they are not proclaiming the same gospel as Jesus proclaimed. And we're going to bring you documentation of that in subsequent programs. What, then, is Christianity's central idea? Well, without any possible fear of contradiction, we can assert with complete confidence that the axis around which all Jesus' teaching revolves is the gospel of the kingdom of God. It seems to us that the genius of Christianity is concentrated in that one term. Kingdom of God is Jesus' master term, his master idea. Open a Bible at Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. 
Here we find the career of Jesus launched with his preaching of the gospel about the kingdom. He came into Galilee, we read in Mark 1, and summoned his compatriots to a complete change of mind, what he called repentance, and to belief in the good news or gospel about the kingdom of God. So that's where all true faith and all true repentance must begin. Now, all the gospel writers in our New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke particularly, and John also, but in different language, all of them emphasize the fundamental importance of the gospel about the kingdom. Now, John simply uses different terminology for the same idea, but we'll get to that later. The first piece of information about Jesus, given us by Luke, when the birth of the Messiah is announced, concerns also the kingdom of God. We read in Luke 1, verse 32, The Lord God is going to give him, Jesus that is, give him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Anyone reading that uh, very Jewish announcement in the first century would have recognized that reigning on the throne of David was precisely reigning in the kingdom of God. Jesus himself gives us a very clear definition of the underlying purpose of his ministry. He informs us about the basis of his entire career with these words in Luke 4, verse 43. I must proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God to the other cities also. That's the reason why God sent me. Luke chapter 4, verse 43. This text opens up the mind of Jesus for us and provides the key to the whole Christian revelation which must be based on his teaching. Jesus tells us in this verse the whole reason for his ministry. Have you heard this verse quoted often as a major key to understanding Christianity and the Christian faith? Luke immediately goes on in chapter 5, verse 1, to tell us that Jesus was preaching the message or the word. And so the message or the word is the Bible shorthand for the Christian message of salvation, namely the gospel of the kingdom. This word message or word appears throughout the New Testament as either the message about the kingdom, Matthew 13:19, or the word of God, Luke 8:11, or simply the word, Mark 4, verse 14. Other phrases occur also with exactly the same meaning. Now, this word or message may simply be called the gospel. Sometimes it gets a fuller definition, as in Matthew 24, verse 14, where it appears as this gospel about the kingdom, Matthew 24, verse 14. Now, according to the New Testament, we must grasp and believe this message and no other in order to embark on the process of becoming a Christian believer, a Christian disciple. Nothing could be more crucial for our spiritual welfare than to gain an understanding of that message as it came from the lips of Jesus Christ himself. It is one message and one message only, the good news or gospel about the kingdom of God. Luke 4, verse 43, uh, and Luke 5, verse 1, equate the message about the kingdom with simply God's message. Now, the spreading of this gospel message was of paramount importance to Jesus and the disciples. It was that message which concerned them day by day as they struggled to get people 
to pay attention to what they were saying. Now, we know that Jesus chose twelve disciples to assist him in the work of spreading the kingdom message. Without any doubt, it was the message of good news about the kingdom of God which they preached everywhere. We read, for example, in Matthew 4, verse 23, that Jesus went around the whole of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And in Luke 9, verse 2, he sent the disciples out to proclaim the kingdom of God. Again, Jesus defined the ultimate purpose of life for his followers. It's a quest for the kingdom of God. In Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus made this famous statement, Seek first the kingdom of God. Are we doing that in our own Christian lives? Seeking first the kingdom of God. This obviously implies that we understand what the kingdom of God is. And we invite you to continue with us as we go on probing this notion of the kingdom of God in the teaching of Jesus. Now, the same subject of the kingdom dominated the conversation between Jesus and the disciples after his death and resurrection. For almost six weeks, Jesus spoke to them about the kingdom of God. You'll find that in Acts 1, verse 3. You find there, then, a six-week seminar, daily seminar, perhaps, as the risen Jesus reappeared to the apostles and spoke to them about the kingdom of God, the affairs of the kingdom of God. Acts 1, verse 3. That's all we have time for for today. We invite you to call us for some free literature about the kingdom of God. We'd be happy to send it to you if you'll call us at the telephone number to be given at the end of this program. Join us again as we continue to probe Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.